You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Broncos country. Let's ride. Breaking news. Michael Brunts. This is the second time that breaking news has happened right when I come on the show. That's a good life lesson to be learned in all this. If you're going to give somebody over $100 million, make sure they're not weird. Michael Brunts, Husker 24-7. I were joined on the 42 Degrees of Source hotline by Husker 247's Michael Brunts. Hello, Michael. What's going on? I think we discovered the dumbest person of all time, and it's former Alabama head baseball coach Brad Bohannon, who um, <laughs> who went to who sent the proxy to the sports book, and then the the proxy had to convince the people at the counter that he knew so much, and that's why they were going to allow him to place even larger bets on the Alabama baseball game, and showed him the texts from the baseball coach. It's amazing stuff. You could see you could see the text messages on the security camera footage, right? Like yeah. that was the thing. Yeah, and then well, we actually know like sort of about that interaction with the with the people at the counter now, which is which is awesome. And apparently the guy was really, really defiant and he was like, Hey, you don't know what I know. Um, you gotta let me place these bets and he showed the people the text messages. Yeah, the uh the <laughs> The idea that you could go you, that you would go to a sports book in Cincinnati because that's where it was, right? Correct at at, okay. at the Reds ballpark. Yeah, that, that you would you would go to a sports book in Cincinnati and bet large sums of money on an Alabama baseball game and not attract attention um, is is just kind of mind boggling. Yeah, that's but. start. That's number one. Like we we already have a flawed plan. And then it took about three more red flags before they were like, okay, all right, we're, we're going to go ahead and put the kibosh on this one. Yeah, guy just goes full Karen on wanting to bet way too much on a, uh, a college baseball game, which, I mean, you could probably make a case that you shouldn't be betting that much on college baseball anyways, but no. that's neither here nor there. So, no. But, yeah, 15 years he's got, a, he's got the show cause, and even if he gets hired, somebody hires him, they have to – he can't coach for five. Like he's done. <laughs> yeah, he's so. not. He's not coaching anymore. You can't. You yeah. can't coach him anymore. Um, yeah. Which you know, he's he's being punished for the stupidity. I think most of all, which is honest. Honestly, I think the punishment fits the crime. Um, yeah. Baseball. Hey, let's 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 check in on baseball. They had some media availability last week with uh, with Nebraska baseball. Um, thoughts coming off of that? Going what? Like, what do we know and what do we not know about Nebraska baseball right now? Um, well, we, there's still a lot we need to learn. I think there's still a lot the coaching staff needs to learn. Um, we kind of knew, I think coming into the spring that this team was going to be, was probably going to be deeper than last year's team. I mean, they've got like 20, 20 pitchers, um, that they can sort through. And I think a large number of those guys will actually be able to help them this year. I don't think you're going to see a, 
a situation like last year where you're going to Shea Shanneman three three times a week out of the bullpen to save you. So uh, I, I think that's generally a positive. I don't think we know yet. I mean, I think there's an idea of kind of what the first couple starting pitchers are going to be, but I think they're still kind of sifting through guys and roles and that kind of thing over these next couple weeks, which is a good problem to have. I think it's also a little bit scary when you, you kind of go into a, into the spring and you don't really know for sure where guys slot in. I can't really remember a time where they where we've been like, oh yeah, there's their three. That's that's what they're gonna do. Yeah, like I mean, at least last year you were kind of like, okay, well we can we can figure out two, and you know the third's just gonna kind of emerge. The the thing that's tough for Nebraska this year with the way that they scheduled, and I mean, I guess you kind of do this to eliminate the Tuesday Wednesday back uh, back to back games uh, in conference play. But I mean, they've got a, a four game series. In, in Arizona and a four game series in South Carolina right out of the gates. So you're going to have to, to find some, some guys that can help you and, and, and kind of figure out who those guys are. But, um, you know, in, in lineup wise, I, I think it's, you're not, there's not somebody on this roster that's going to be Max Anderson or, or Bryce Matthews right out of the gate. I, I think Dylan Carey is poised for a breakout year, but you're kind of hoping to, uh, to, to fill those guys' shoes in the aggregate. I mean, you're looking, you're looking for Hattie. You're looking for, for, for Giambi uh, <laughs> to, to get in there and, uh, and, and, you know, take, take some of that offensive, uh, you know, the, the, the responsibility there. But I, I think they'll be a little bit more consistent one through nine this year and, and be able to, to kind of force the issue on the base path a little bit more. Maybe you could get Ron Washington in to, to teach him how to play first base. Just yeah, say it's it's, it's very extremely hard. Extremely difficult. Yes, <laughs> it's extremely difficult. Uh, good segue. Good segue into what you texted me this morning on the uh, on the A's rumors right now in the Bay Area. Would, would you do you have any comment on the A's potentially not existing after next year? Just for three years, they're just going to take a they're going to take like a gap year, and it's going to last three years. Uh, that, that's the new rumors that they just might cease existing for three years now what would uh, you what would you do during that period of time would you I mean, you would be released into free agency technically but also you know that they're they're returning in some capacity just not in oakland probably yeah well i i would have the same issue as probably the players would have like what do you do for three years <laughs> um no i the 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 rumor that that was out there in that clip that I shared with you and you tweeted uh, that, that's also been verified as, as being a rumor going around other uh, baseball circles as well. It was like, can, can we get – this thing just gets dumber and dumber. And mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand how any major league owner or anybody that cares about baseball is like, this is a better outcome, this whole circus, than uh, you know just actually building the stadium that was probably going to be – that they were going to be able to get over the finish line anyway, but what, I digress. What's the deal with Vegas? Why they they can't figure it out still? It's it, that that seems like it's not happening. They don't have the money. They they don't have the money. They're trying to get. They're trying to find financing to build a stadium, and nobody. I mean, nobody trusts them. I mean, you don't you don't give money to somebody that just does dumb things, I and mean, maybe you do, but no. I, I think people that are somewhat smart with money look at the situation and, and kind of cast doubt on the uh the ability to make this thing work yeah no I, in the meantime they should in the meantime they're touring like sacramento and salt lake city to potentially play in for three years hmm. 
What a mess. What a mess. Yeah. That's that's your anyway. baseball team, Bruns, or formerly known yeah. as your baseball team. You didn't even pay attention last year. That's true. That's true. So I don't know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll keep we'll keep people updated on that one. But I'm I'm happy to uh continue to share all the wacky A's rumors that you wanna that you wanna send my way. I'm I'd be happy that to was do a good that. one. That that's the best one so far. Just not gonna play. I really like that. Uh all right, let's um let's move over to basketball for tonight. With uh, with the we'll, we'll kind of hit everything. We'll hit football, basketball, baseball with uh, Michael Brunts of Husker twenty four seven, who is with us. What like I sort of characterize this game for Nebraska basketball as this tonight. Like I, I don't necessarily care how they do it, and I don't like I I'm I'm not thinking about roadmaps um, or you know personnel on personnel and stuff like that. I I'm kind of just thinking, can they put together? 40 minutes of magic again tonight. And not that they're like that much worse than Wisconsin, but the way the game went the first time, they're going to need a really big effort tonight. And they're going to need some things to go their way. Like how, how would you characterize this, this game tonight? It's, it's a, it's a bit of like a, it's a manhood game for Nebraska, Hmm, right? I like that. Like, like that's kind of what it is. I mean, you, you're in the midst of probably the, the toughest remaining slate of games on your schedule um you know in in the losses that you've had on the road you've you've looked at times like a team that deserves to be playing postseason ball and then the other times you you look like the washington generals and get pushed around i mean like that's that's the challenge i think that nebraska's got to figure out is, is how do you how do you show some toughness and some backbone? I mean, I, I think I think coaches start to see the way that Nebraska looks in some of these losses, and you, you need to to show a little backbone and stand up for yourself and, and rebound. Like it's yep. A, a lot of the things that Nebraska is not doing well right now. It's a hustle thing. It's a mentality thing, and it, they've shown it at times this year that they're they're able to do it and and you know get in there and trade punches and. You know, Wisconsin's the type of team that's really going to challenge you to do those things, and, and we'll see if Nebraska can come up with it. I know, I know that you know practices this week. That's been something that the the coaching staff has really harped on. Um, that that they, they're trying to develop that in this team. But I, that that to me more than anything is like, you know, how, how do you just kind of stand up? Know you're going to have a 40 minute fight with Wisconsin, and, and you know you need to, to show up for it. Michael Bruns of Husker 24/7 is with us. Uh, Bruns, when you um kind of we had like that the the roster update this week for for football and some guys move spots and like it doesn't I think we've talked about this many times but it doesn't do us any good to think about who's on scholarship and who's not on scholarship anymore so we're just going to skip over that one okay. uh, but but guys moving positions um I, I sort of noticed a trend of like there was a lot of there was a few redshirt freshmen who kind of moved around whether it's offense to defense or defense to offense and they maybe have found homes at, at, at wherever they're going to be going forward. And it allows, it, it allows you to sort of manipulate the numbers at the individual positions. And I look at the roster now and you know, it's, it's lighter on running backs and it's, a, and it's lighter on wide receivers. And I think that is, is kind of interesting from how they look going forward where they can recruit those guys and also say, Hey, we, we have Dylan Raiola as the quarterback as well. I, I feel like that's by by design a little bit. At the same time, I, I I also think they're putting guys in the best position to 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 be able to play as well. But like when you sort of look up and down the thing, what do you what do you kind of notice right now? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you compare just 
looking at numbers right now, um, where Nebraska's at, like offensive line-wise, versus where they were this time last year. I mean, last year there were legitimate concerns about how they were going to get through the spring game with the number of offensive linemen that they had on the roster. Yeah. And you turn around now and look at what they've done, and they've really, you know, between recruiting and, and, you know, moving guys that were, you know, maybe either side of the ball type guys to offense, I think you've got a group that you can really build and bring along. Um, you know, I, I think with the situations of like you know, Jeremiah Charles and Bryce Turner, I mean, if, if those guys, if you feel like those guys can help you on defense, I mean, maybe that allows you to fill in with, you know, somebody that's already on your roster that you've evaluated and liked and had around rather than having to go out and find somebody in the transfer portal to fill in there. Um, you know, I, I think, I think Matt Rule's kind of history with some of those moves speaks to, you know, that they're intentional with those moves. I think sometimes when, when coaches do that and, and you switch guys and you move them around, it, it sometimes says to me like, okay, this guy doesn't maybe have a true position and, and you know, what, what's the plan here? But I feel like they're, they're pretty deliberate with how they go about things. So when a guy moves, I'm like, okay, they obviously see something in this guy. Yeah. Um, to move to the next spot. I mean, you know, Ruquan Buckley uh, moving to offensive line. I think, you know, that that's intriguing to me because I think he'd maybe hit his ceiling as a defensive lineman. Um, and even some of the moves they made last year. I mean, you know, A.J. Rollins moving over. I think that was a, a good move. I think, you know, Brody Tagaloa, before he got in that car accident last year, um, he had moved from tight end to defensive end, was probably going to be a 20-snap-a-game guy for, for this team. So, um you know, I, I, it intrigues me um, when, when they do those things. And, and I, I, you know, there's the guys that I'll be kind of taking a, a closer look at when we get to spring ball. Is that a, that, that's interesting to sort of frame it up that way. Like, is that mean, I mean, they're obviously, they put extra emphasis on getting athletes out of, out of the high school ranks. And, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what they're kind of like selling to them along the recruiting process, but guys usually come along with a position sort of attached to them. And I mean, I've seen it, we've seen it more than, I mean, a lot of other times that, that, that I've been around for sure, where guys are just kind of moving over offense, defense. And like you said, it doesn't feel like they're just like moving them to try something out. It feels like there's some intention behind it. Yeah, no, I, I think, and I think it's a thing of trust too. I mean, I think players have to trust that, it, it is in their best interest to move and that, you know, there is a future or some kind of like end goal to getting on the field at that spot. Um, you know, when it comes to the line talent, I mean, they've brought in guys that are, are, are kind of, you know, dual position type guys. I mean, Jason Machachok, I believe has been a both offensive and defensive lineman and he's been on campus for, you know, a year. Yeah, I think he's um, switched back like three times now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, Buckley's that way. Um, you know, Mason Goldman out of Gretna, he was, you know, a guy that could probably play on either side of the ball. But I, I, I think that's, that's kind of the magic to what Matt Rule tries to do is you bring in guys with traits, you bring in guys with uh, verified athletic ability, um, and, and, you know, speed or strength or whatever, and you find a place for him. Um, I mean, even, you know, John Bullock's a great example of that, too. I mean, he's been a safety for most of his career, yep. put on some weight, moving the linebacker, and wall off. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if, any, if there's any other of those kinds of, like, success stories in the spring, too. Do you, do you think there's anything that they could potentially target in the transfer portal in the in F, 
you know, during the, the spring window? Well, I mean, the quarterback thing, I think you got to at least kind of be aware of who's out there. Yep. Um, I, I would, I would not mind seeing a veteran guy added to that group as, you know, a little bit more of a veteran presence and support for a group that's, uh, you know, two out of three of them are true freshmen. That's concerning. Um, maybe somebody is in, there in the spring that, you know, they've been in the portal for a while. Uh, maybe they can't be quite as choosy as, as you get closer to summer and you find somebody that, that fits there. And beyond that, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'll be eager to see how things shake out in the spring because, I mean, you basically have about 100 guys on the roster right now that you would consider. I, I don't, we, we were trying to decide on the podcast how you refer to them. Like, are they <laughs> scholarship adjacent? Are yeah. they scholarship worthy? Whatever you want to call it. But um, the competition is going to be high. And, you know, I, I think there's going to have to be a few hard conversations at the end of spring about where guys come down on the depth chart. So maybe you have a couple guys leave or uh, this particular group and maybe you have to target something. But, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to be, you know, hyper aggressive and there's not like an obvious need right now that you absolutely have to go out and get. Yeah. I'm Michael Brunts of Husker 24-7. Okay, Brunts, uh, thanks for taking the time as always. And we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Talk then. Michael Brunts, Husker 24-7. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how much movement there is during spring ball. Like you said, high competition. I don't know, is there anybody that leaves after spring ball if they don't get a spot, if they don't like where they're at? Um, cause if that, now, I, I, I'm sure I'm off considering I don't know who's on scholarship and who's on NIL scholarship or what that is, but like I have 94 on mine right now and that's i mean that's a significant amount of wood to chop if you're trying to get down to 85 before the season starts which right. which, which which they will and it won't like they won't have to have they want to they won't have to make anybody leave the program right it's just you have to declare to the NCAA they probably won't even declare to us who's quote unquote on scholarship mm-hmm. so all those guys will be there if they want to be uh Josh I had a question for you before we take a break here oh sure talk sure. about Dan Lanning What's this? What, what's this SpongeBob thing? Oh, uh, what's the SpongeBob thing? Everyone's very excited. Why is everyone so excited about the stupid SpongeBob? Well, um, CBS has the Super Bowl this year. They are presenting an alternate. Jim. Yes, they are presenting an alternate telecast on Nickelodeon. Again, of the Super Bowl. Nickelodeon Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. With the you know the slime coming out of the end zones <sighs> and all that stuff overlaid over the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a famous SpongeBob episode where he performs uh, at halftime of the big game or something like that. And for years, the children have wanted SpongeBob to be a part of the Super Bowl and pay homage to. This excellent. Why bit. have they wanted SpongeBob to be in the Super Bowl? Because they don't care about football. Because they care about SpongeBob, and uh, CBS. I care about Super Bowl. Yes, I do too. I don't care about SpongeBob. CBS has confirmed that SpongeBob will perform "Sweet Victory" to kick off Nickelodeon's first ever Super Bowl broadcast. I want SpongeBob. And, and okay, now. I have several more statements that I'd like to say. Please rattle them all off. But I have questions first. Okay. What's sweet? What's SpongeBob has a song? Yeah, that's the song he performed at at the the big game on on an episode of uh, SpongeBob. He, he sings it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's like an original. I believe so. Yes. I want SpongeBob out of my Super Bowl. If I <laughs> if they if Tony 
and Jim start talking Jim. about SpongeBob during the Super Bowl, I'm out. I quit. I, I football's canceled. The NFL is canceled. I will stop watching. I'll stop watching football forever. I, I never watch football again. No, I won't do that. I'll keep watching football, but I'll be annoyed by it. And I'll complain about it on my platform, which is my radio show. This is it. This is it. What are they going to say? These are some ugly-looking fish. Maybe we're near one of those toxic waste dumps. I think I'm going to be sick. Okay, everybody. <laughs> Let's get this over. They're not singing. One, They're not singing. Get two, to the song. Three, I'm not super four. familiar with the bit. I'm familiar with it from a meme perspective more than, like, the actual bit. Just keep it down and let me know when yeah. they start singing. Yeah. This is a This is a travesty. Well, let's see. I feel like this is the oldest man radio we can do. Yes. This is just Steve Perry, isn't it? Hell yeah. Because all of you good people oh, in America, I've heard that. I've heard that. because all of you people in America will not watch television anymore. Networks have resorted to this. Produced and performed by Bob Kulick and David Glenn Isley. I apologize to all the music people if I've offended you in any way, shape, or form. Oh, they've definitely turned off their radios by now. I'm sorry. Uh, Mason Daniel writes in. He has a question. There, there, there's the music people we have offended. Now, he, he has more of a question about my take on SpongeBob, I think. Why is SpongeBob any dumber than all the focus on stupid commercials, the extra long halftime, the nine pregame singers? At least SpongeBob thing is on a separate channel. Maze Daniel, you have to understand, I'm annoyed by all of it. We've long, we've long said that football, the, the Super Bowl isn't football. The Super Bowl is, oh, not, is not real football. It's not, it's not for yeah. us. Like not, yeah. not to, I'm not gatekeeping the Super Bowl from any, yeah. to anyone. Hell, no. even the, even the, like the NFL games, like if you're asking me, hey, Happer, you're mad about SpongeBob. Why aren't you mad at all the dumb commercials? I am. They're just there all the time, and I've gotten used to them mm -hmm. because I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm done watching the NFL because I know it's ridiculous, and I know I'd be lying. If Who I told would you be that. done watching the? I'm, NFL? Not, I'm never going to be done watching the NFL. What a ridiculous so they, box! They have to their check hands yourself into. around my throat, and they're saying, "We're going to make you SpongeBob. We're going to we're going to make you SpongeBob yourself." And guess what? We know you're not going to stop watching. We're going to make Jim Nance talk about SpongeBob. Famous broadcaster, no. Jim Nance. We're going to make him talk about SpongeBob. Jim Nance is not going to have to talk about this. I, they're not going to promo the other channel? They're not oh, going to promo mm, the other channel? Okay, yeah. Okay. They, they might. Yeah, sure. If Jim Nance says the word SpongeBob, that's when most people will be like, I'm out. I'm done. But <laughs> I would say that in my head, but I would, of course, not be done. So am I mad about all the things? Of course I am. But will I continue to watch football? Of course I will. I'm never done. I will never be done watching football. Oh, it appears as though. But I am mad about the SpongeBob. Sp Mike says SpongeBob is of music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ian Eagle's kid gets to call the Super Bowl. 
on the SpongeBob channel? Yes. Uh, no Are they going to invite Elmo after he got wrecked on Twitter the other day? <laughs> Just have all the puppets things uh, go. Noah Eagle and Nate Burleson will call the Super Bowl. Uh, with um, with SpongeBob, SpongeBob and Patrick Starr will be brought into the booth, quote unquote, to to do commentary for a little bit. Uh, they're gonna let Sandy Cheeks as well. Sandy Cheeks. Sandy Cheeks. Excuse me, Josh. Dora the. <laughs> I never watched SpongeBob. Stop it. I don't get any of the SpongeBob references. Uh, apparently, Dora the Explorer as well. Well. Get a chance to, so it's just going to be an infomercial for Nickelodeon, which I get that, like that makes sense to me. Like the Ninja Turtles are going to be there as well. Maisie Daniel follows up. He says, "I guess I just appreciate that this is on a separate channel and it doesn't oh, take itself seriously. Yeah. I'll take the Nickelodeon channel over listening to Tony Romo any day." See, <laughs> I, th- that I actually disagree with. I'd rather I'd rather have Tony Romo, you know, saying blabbering stupid stuff than watch Nickelodeon. But that's just me. Jimming his way through the game. Jim. Uh, don't play the gym drinking game, by the way. I saw some people trying that last week. <laughs> oh. Do not do that. Do not do that. No, because it's a Super Bowl. He's just going to let it ride. He's just going to like, I'm, I'm coasting. It's the last game of the year. Uh, Chris Wonders on the text line. How Hi, are you Chris. in your 30s and you've never seen or heard Sweet Victory on SpongeBob? That was. Oh, he was outside playing. Uh, Connor was. An absolute classic episode where they put Squilliam in his place and perform in the bubble bowl. You aren't cultured. You are frauds. <laughs> I don't agree with the take, but I love the take. Thank you for having a take. I, I appreciate that. I just never got into SpongeBob. There were people uh, my age, they were getting into SpongeBob. I feel like it was a little late for me, just from when... Oh, it was definitely late for me. Yeah, it was definitely late for you. Yeah. But here we go. We got the SpongeBob Bowl. All right, coming back, uh, we have Dan Lanning, who has a proclamation next on 1620 The Zone. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.